Welcome to Bussin, the Greenville Transit Podcast. Today we're riding along with Lynn Ballard, a Republican running for county council in District 26. Rick Bradley is also running in that primary election as a Republican. We have reached out to him as well, and we hope to have him on in the future. So I am now joined by Lynn Ballard, who is a current county council member. Uh, And you're running for re-election, right, Lynn? That's correct. That's wonderful. Well, thanks for joining me today on the bus. Uh, We're riding the 507, which is the closest one I could get right now from this location and from the transit center to your district, because we go a little bit down Augusta, and I know that you kind of are in that area. But the transit system doesn't currently serve your district, as I understand, does it? I have one street in my district, Grandview Drive in Simpsonville. The bus comes down Grandview Drive to Walmart and back. Okay. So you get a little bit of of GreenLink. A little bit. Okay. So as we talk a little bit, so one of the things that I'm enjoying exploring with the candidates as we talk and ride the bus together is knowing a little bit about what's motivating them um, to run for county council. So I know for you it would be a re-election and to continue to be involved in that. So why don't we start our conversation with that? So tell us a little bit about why you're interested in, in running again. Well, I will complete my eighth year on county council June the 30th. In the years I've been on council, it takes about a full term to really get an understanding. And then in the past four years, we have been working on some projects, some of which are just about now coming to fruition. One of them is we just had the third reading and approved the final phase of the sewer consolidation. That's a huge That is a huge deal, yeah. Huge infrastructure reconsolidation and massive. And it's huge in the good that it's going to do for the county. The second thing is the uh, interoperable communication system. I've been working with that one since 2014. Okay. And... We do have the radios in service, but we're still putting the system together as far as working out bugs and that sort of thing and having it totally online. Okay. Uh, Along with that is finally we are moving EMS out of County Square. We will be moving it to a new location and combining dispatch. And all that is a big project we've been working on for several years that's going to be coming to fruition within the next year. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, we're right here where we're sitting, Mm -hmm. the new county office building. Yep. Uh, We'll be moving into that in January or hopefully in the first quarter of next year. And this has been a big project. I've been the liaison from county council to that project. Oh, wow. And matter of fact, I toured it this morning. Oh, what's what's the update from the... So for our listeners, we are currently parked on Church Street right next to the construction uh, for the new county council, I mean, county building, excuse me. Um, so what does it look like inside right now, Lynn? Well, it depends on what floor you're <laughs> on and which building you're in. Okay, so different different levels of completion? Yes, The south building is getting more like on the bottom floor. They have the tile in now and things of that nature. On uh, some of the other floors, they're still putting up sheetrock. And in the other building, they're still putting up 
uh, studs to put the sheetrock on. Okay, so they really do. They've kind of, they're working, they're taking their, you know, specialists kind of through the building to install the different parts of it as they go through and, and making progress along the way, it sounds like. Are they are they on time? Oh, yeah, they're, they're actually running a little ahead of schedule because we didn't lose much time due to weather. Oh, okay. That was built in to the project. It... Uh, every other Friday, the county administrators and I, and like today, Mr. Curvin, went through on my Facebook page. If you go to my Facebook page, I posted pictures today of some of the more interesting things in there. Okay. Well, great. So it sounds to me, if I were to restate kind of your interest in running for re-election, is you've got some work that you've been, you're not quite done with yet. You yep. feel like your feet are under you, you're really adding things to county council now, and you've got projects you want to continue to work on and use that experience that you've built over the last eight years to, to make sure those things go well. That's correct. Okay. Well, one of the things that um, we're going to, riding on the bus, uh, would like to kind of hear a little bit, what has been your experience on buses just in your life? Have, have you ridden any buses here? Do you ride Greenlink ever? And, you know, as a kid, did you ride the bus? Like, what what are your memories of bus riding? Well, you may find this hard to believe. My parents did not have a car. Okay. And so I grew up in a town called St. Joseph, Missouri. And uh, today people say, how are we going to get somewhere? When I grew up, you were either going to walk or ride the bus. Mm-hmm. And... So I grew up riding a bus or walking, and in Greenville, uh, when I first moved here, I lived out on Pelham Road, and then <clears throat> I live in the where place now, and bus service isn't really available that I can use on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I did ride a, uh, a few months ago, I did a ride along with one of the board members of the Greenlink board Mm -hmm. uh, to just experience riding on a bus. We did that one at, uh, in the middle of the day, 1230 or something like that. And I was amazed at the number of people in the middle of the day getting on and off. We rode the one that went out Lawrence Road. So we picked up students at the ICAR campus out there they got off at their apartments, and when we came back, we picked up people at the apartments and dropped them off at the i Okay, campus. yeah, so you saw firsthand kind of the way people are using GreenLink now, and yeah. and maybe you also experienced daily the fact that it's not quite what we need oh. as a community yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so with that in mind, so with the, I mean, I think of transit as an infrastructure piece. It is. Um, are there other infrastructure pieces like that that you hope the other hopes for Greenville County? Well, when you mention infrastructure, people, their number one thought is roads. Mm-hmm. Well, roads is infrastructure, so is sewer. Yep. So is light, so is water, so is gas. There are sidewalks. Sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are schools. Uh, and uh, just uh, two months ago, I called a meeting, and we had representatives from every one of the infrastructure providers sit down at a table together to talk about what we anticipate may be the next growth area in the county, and how is your uh, Duke Power, Duke Energy, 
how are you set for this area? So kind of how are they getting ready for what's coming? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure you know, but it's that the population growth here is just, you know, it's going to another 47%, I think is what they say, of population growth by 2040. Um, so we'll be close to three quarters of a million people living in Greenville yep. County by then. Um, so I'm glad to hear that people are sitting down well, looking at that sort of those hot spots and where the growth is going to happen. What was interesting, uh, person after person around the, the t- oh I forgot sewers that's a big one too. Yeah. Uh, person after person around the table said, you know, none of us have experienced where all of us sat down at one time, and so. We wanted to do this initially to see how well it was received, and it was received very well. So now we're trying to uh, hone down uh, the area that we chose was way too big. They said you've got to function, uh, select a smaller area and then work from there. But when you first start out, you've got to start with something. Yeah, so... So everyone's going to try to coordinate a little bit and understand what the needs are and, and try to figure that stuff out. Make sure it's all there as it's needed. Does that growth happen? Is that, was yeah, that the point well, of the meeting? Not only needed, but uh, as we anticipate what will be needed. Mm-hmm. So building in advance. Yeah. But build it because they're coming. And for instance, <laughs> in my district, Duke Energy is getting ready to put a new substation. Well, all of us thought that was for the projected new growth no that's their projection of what they're going to need when more and more people switch to electric vehicles and the huge demand they're going to put on charging electric vehicles and honestly nobody else around the table had thought of that particular piece oh wow so, like, a, this was an outstanding meeting, and we're going to have more of it. Yeah, well, that does. That sounds really good. It sounds like a lot of good planning is happening there. So, in you were on council in 2018. Correct. When the uh, county council voted to increase support for GreenLink so that, um, yes, and, and right now I think it's about a 60-40 split county to city for the local funding that goes into GreenLink. Um, so, the county is covering a little bit more than half of that local match. Yeah. Not local match, local funding. Um, and I think we're right under $8 per capita for investment. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the, the math works out pretty close to that. That said, we still don't, we don't quite have GreenLink doing all the things that we need it to do so that everybody can get everywhere they need to go. And, and like I said, your, your district's a great example. We don't quite have that extension. Yeah. Um, are you aware of the plans GreenLink has for the future and that sort of stuff that they want to do some more expansion and more frequency and stuff like that for for the buses? Yes, ma'am. As a matter of fact, I've been at several planning meetings with GreenLink before the increased funding and even before James Keel was here. And the planning that was going, the discussions that were going on that has turned into planning and we've had additional, they have an annual meeting every year where they tell you what they've done and what their plans are. Plus, uh, I am fairly close with some of the board members and with Mr. Keel. And we have uh, periodic meetings. They said, hey, we want to run something by you. Or I, I think I've been to GreenLink probably four times on an invitation to look at some plans and 
give my input. The most significant thing that has occurred, in my opinion, recently, is when we run the buses to 11 or 11.30, whatever yeah. it is. That made a not. huge difference, and it was that county investment that really made that yeah. possible. Is that allowed Greenlink to extend the hours? Well, uh, <clears throat> Greenville City is a services employer, and many of the people that work in services count on public transportation. And uh, if you <clears throat> don't give them the ability to get to work, then they can't serve. Uh, one former count, city councilman said, who's going to pour your water and bring your food and make your yeah. beds and clean your uh, office buildings? It's the service workers. And many, most of them, rely on public transportation. And if we want to be the city and county that we are, and we'll continue to grow, we've got to take care of the service workers. And that includes, a big step of it is public transportation. So when you talk about service workers and transit and how that's interconnected, are you familiar with the Transit is Essential campaign that Greenville Connects did around the holidays on, on social media? It was some videos of, of essential workers riding transit and how they were kind of throughout the pandemic, you know, still checking you out at the grocery store or making your donuts or helping you at the hospital, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, so people could kind of see that connection. Um, the point of that campaign was to really demonstrate how transit is interconnected with workforce development and, and workforce mobility. So when you think about that, are there are there thoughts you have around the impact of something of a campaign like that, or or that thought of, of shifting the way the community thinks about about transit? Yes, and I've even floated the idea we're not quite there yet of uh, park and ride locations out on the fringes, mm-hmm. like out towards my district, where people that live in the southern part of the county could drive to a parking area and then take transit on in to save on traffic, save on pollution, and still be able to take care of your daily business. Yeah, well, and not have to pay to park, right? (laughs) If you don't bring that car downtown, you won't worry about that. I know you were talking about that. I had trouble finding a place to park today um it's artosphere so we've got a really busy downtown and i know you were had some hit some traffic on the way in too and so even you know it it is a difficulty here it's the bigger we get the harder the more traffic and congestion really impacts our lives it does and uh i have lived in bigger cities like kansas city missouri and fort worth texas and cleveland ohio and buffalo new york and all of them have great transit systems. Uh, and as you grow, public transportation has to be an integral part of the growth or growth stops. Yep. Well, how do you think that your role in county council plays into planning for that? You know, you've talked about sitting all the infrastructure people down. How does transit fit into that when you guys are looking at the unified development ordinance that's coming down and you're piecing all those things together? Um so how does your role in county council play into that? Or, or? Well, what we have to do, you mentioned unified development ordinance. 
Now, that's a great uh, aspect of future planning that we're working on. And we're, we're at the fringes right now trying to hone it down. But once we get closer to the end, we need to take a look at the public transportation piece of the infrastructure. And uh, one of the reasons we did not include GreenLink in this infrastructure meeting is the area we were looking at is almost outside the GreenLink or just on the fringe of mm -hmm. GreenLink. So uh, it wasn't that they're not important, but they weren't. They're and, not uh, physically there yet in that they're space. They're not physically yeah. there yet. Well, and I think it's interesting because... Um, part of the, the land development ordinance. I think module two is coming out and yeah. that's going to be a big part about, you know, are transit stops required for large multifamily developments? Do they need to plan that? What about sidewalks? How are we doing connectivity between things and all that? Yeah. Um, so it is going to be interesting how those pieces, because I thinking back what you were saying about walking everywhere as a kid or you mm -hmm. walk to the bus stop I and mean, how important those sidewalks are to get you to that, you know, take you home from the bus stop or get you to the bus stop so you can mm -hmm. go on downtown. Absolutely, and uh, these are, <clears throat> I guess, new areas that we have not looked at before, but then Greenville set, not really dormant, but not much happened, and then all of a sudden in 10 years it's exploded. Right. And I've been here since 1987, and uh, things are downtown Greenville is not even the same place. Right. Yeah, it's very different. We have to be very nimble now and, and, and creative and, and thoughtful. And by the way, UDO uh, is Unified Development Ordinance where we're trying to pull the pieces that we've been doing separately into one unified place so that we are looking at everything mm -hmm. yeah i think that's going to be a big part of all of that is is like you said being intentional and planning and and getting everybody in one room right so that yes. you can be you can be thoughtful about what's coming do you have anything lynn that you wanted to to make sure we touched on today well just the fact that as greenville continues to grow all of us in leadership positions need to accept the fact that we can't live in a cocoon. We can't reside just in our district and what our district needs, but we have to look at the county as a whole. Greenville County does not have any at-large council people. So uh, every council person has to have his district hat on and then a then frequently take off the district hat and put on the county hat uh, that's why I'm sitting here with you now when I don't even have public transit in my district but it is such an essential piece of the entire county development and we've got to continue looking that way All right. well I think that's a wonderful you, way to end that's a, a nice note to end on Lynn um, so okay. thanks for coming to ride the 507 with me today and a good luck on your campaign. I really do appreciate your time. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Bussin', the Greenville Transit Podcast, has been brought to you by Greenville Connects and is produced by the Greenville Podcast Company. Please make sure to check us out and give us five stars so everybody can find us. Thanks, guys. Thanks.